How's it going, people, in these lockdown times? I truly hope you're doing well and keeping well. This is Matt Spracklin, and I'm back with another No Chords But The Truth podcast in association with the awesome British Country Music Festival, which, if you didn't know, was held at the Winter Gardens in Blackpool last year for the first time. And what a weekend it was. It was such a special weekend. Anyone who's been will tell you, any of the artists who played, will tell you what a special weekend that was. And I had the privilege of welcoming some incredible British country artists to the stage, some of which we've had here on the podcast, including Twinny, Tim Proty Jones, and Sarah Darling. So check out those episodes if you haven't already. But today, I'm delighted to tell you that I've been joined by another artist I welcomed to stage that weekend, and that is Laura Oaks, who is just, she's in the mix of some of the best singer-songwriters we have, not just in the British country scene here, but just in the, the singer-songwriting scene in general. She's astonishingly brilliant, and in this episode, Laura talks about how she's adapting her recording process and producing her own music through lockdown and all that sort of stuff, and singing on the Bob Harris charity anniversary release of Stand By Me. This is a brilliant conversation. It's so great to catch up with Laura. Oh, and by the way, I've got to tell you this, you can now buy your early bird tickets for the British Country Music Festival 2021, which is returning to the Winter Gardens in Blackpool from the 3rd to the 5th of September next year. I can't wait. Anyway, here is the next episode of No Chords But The Truth podcast, and here is Laura Oakes. Laura Oakes. Thanks for joining Hi. me. Thank on... you for having me on here. Oh, you're welcome. No calls but the truth. Um, what, how, I mean, I feel like this is the question everyone gets asked straight away in 2020, <laughs> but I can't avoid it. <laughs> how, how's it been? How's the last sort of six months been for you? Um, I, th- I think like everyone, it's been very up and down. Um, kind of, yeah, it's been yeah confusing like it feels like this year has been five years long but also feels like it's been like three minutes long as well (laughs) yeah like i'm still i think mentally i'm still in march because that's when i stopped that's when we all stopped doing things especially music wise um it got you know i kind of looked at my calendar the other day and it's suddenly october and i was like what happened (laughs) i saw someone tweet yesterday about like how it's felt like we're in this lockdown and actually lockdown was all right because we could get to grips with that but now we're in this sort of like purgatory where like it's not lockdown but you can't really do anything but people are out about it looks normal but it's not normal what are we doing like can't you you, we're stuck yeah i found that much harder than um full lockdown yeah i kind of even though going into it was scary kind of we all like we knew like the the thing that was going to happen was everything was going to stop yeah and you kind of you can be quite secure in that because just nothing's open and you know we all knew where we were yeah coming out of it with things opening up at different times you know different parts of the country not opening up at the same time that's been much more confusing yeah and a lot harder to navigate i think um yeah, I did the same the other day. Uh, I went out. I was driving somewhere, and in London, 
and it was half five and obviously I was stuck in traffic and I was like what why why are people out like <laughs> is everyone is you know are we back to normal now it's kind of and I think doing what we do as well like you kind of you know it has been pretty much everything is still shut down for us in terms of the live side and getting out and doing things so it's been hard to kind of navigate like how we're doing and you know the live music industry based on what you know how everyone else or you know people in industries that have kind of opened up or can work from home um yeah I feel like I'm just in like this little weird bubble where I don't really know what's going on um but I mean I think everyone is kind of in the same position I don't think I'm special or unique in just feeling like I don't know what day it is or what month it is but it is harder for those whose job whose work whose livelihood whose whose, uh, sort of date whose life has been shut down because you sort of build up this resentment for some of the other things that seemingly can happen and things you can do and you can go to this you can go you know you you know, you can sit like 100 people. I'm not going to get into politics today, but, you know, sit 100 people mm. on a plane, but you can't sort of get 50 people anyway, whatever. But, yeah, it's yeah. it's difficult. We are definitely in a weird sort of place now. I th- it's, it's really hard to kind of try and, like, fight that resentment, isn't it? Because it's no one, you know, it's no one whose life has been able to open back up's fault that they can go back to work. Or, you know, we'd all love to be doing the same thing, but it's like, oh, I... I kind of I want to be in that position where we're doing you know we're able to do something again well what what have you planned what have you lined up um I guess the main thing really which I think a lot of people have been doing um which has kind of kept a lot of us sane is um just recording from home a lot I've got um a load of new acoustic tracks uh coming out over the next few months um which are to start off with, they're going to be um, acoustic versions of all of the EP tracks that I released in March. Um, so one's already out. We've got the acoustic version of How Big Is Your World out now. Uh, Old Ghosts is the next one to come out. Cool. Um, which I think will be out by the time this goes out. Probably, yeah. Yeah. And that's been really, it's been a really nice thing to make me feel like I'm still connected to what I do um but it's been a nice challenge as well kind of learning you know in the past I've I I can record a bit at home and I've been able to send a vocal over if somebody's needed it for a demo or whatever but kind of really going there's you know I can't go anywhere or rely on anyone to record things so really having to learn a lot of new stuff about recording and how to mix things and it's been really nice and fun and I think a lot of people I've seen definitely some friends who are artists as well we've kind of all gone back to school a little bit with them learning how to record and it's been really nice to kind of be you know have it because you know you could just go and go and go for years with learning how to do things um so yeah it's been a real nice challenge to kind of you know still be doing something that is music um but learning loads of new things as well so you're recording these tracks that are coming out at home are you yeah so i guess you i guess from a sort of technical point of view you've got to go from sort of like a glorified demo to actually release quality and all that stuff 
Have you had to like buy yeah. like new equipment and stuff to like enable that to happen? Yeah, some new equipment, which has been really, like stuff that I've had my eye on for a while. And I was like, well, <laughs> suppose I definitely need it now. So that's been a nice excuse. Um, you know, if lockdown's given me anything, it's given me a great excuse to buy a load of new <laughs> equipment <laughs> and guitars and stuff. Um, but yeah, kind of as even, you know, the stuff that's coming out, it was, it was me and my boyfriend, Luke, who've just sat at home recording it. Cool. Um, and so all of the instruments, apart from cello, which is on one song, um, all of the instruments were played by me. We've got mandolin and dobro and stuff on there, which oh, is brilliant. a nice little debut for me, mandolin and dobro playing. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so it's been, it was really fun. And to strip them back and kind of, you know, when you're recording uh, any type of project, like you live with those versions of those songs for so long, like the EP versions of stuff. Like, you know, it takes you know, you write them and then it takes a few months to kind of get the versions together and then you're working on how it all sounds. Um, and the original EP was like very important for me to like create this like atmosphere and and mood and sound for it. Um, so it was nice to kind of go back to the, to kind of letting the song kind of shine through like from a, hopefully from a, a songwriting point of view, you can kind of take something away from it that you maybe didn't hear before or it just I think they've all got a different mood now um which was really nice to put together when you write songs do they because obviously we hear them fully embellished obviously now the acoustic tracks are coming out and stuff that's nice but do do they straight away sound like a country song or do you need to add the right instruments to make it sound more country or is it what you do just inherently country do you have to you find the right way to do that do you, do you know what I mean because I I know a lot of artists that sort of yeah you know I like country I play country and they record something and it doesn't sound like a country song I mean you know the, the, you obviously hire in a pedal steel player and suddenly it's you know it's yeah, a country, it's a country song, country song yeah. <laughs> you haven't been tempted to learn pedal steel yet then oh um, yes tempted but then remembered oh the pedal steel players that I know are very, very good. And I was like, yeah. maybe I'll just leave it to them. Yeah, yeah. Because they're very, very good at what they do. Um, uh, and we're very lucky in this country now. The amount of pe- really amazing pedal steel players that we've got. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, with That's a really good question, actually. I think I would say because I have grown up listening to country there's probably an element of that's just what I love and it's what I listen to and that's just what music sounds like to me so it probably bleeds through without me realizing like I think the harder challenge is if I try and when I'm writing pop stuff for the artists or you know trying to write in different styles that's the harder thing of trying to get away of get away from it being you know, it ended up sounding like a country song because I'm, especially melody wise and stuff, I'm so used to taking a melody where, you know, where a country song goes. Yeah, rather than um, it be a generic melody and add the components around it to make it sound country, it just it is yeah. inherently country. I think so. But I mean, you know, obviously I, I'm a child of the 90s, so there's a lot of pop influence in what I do and it's kind of what influences oh um 
everything like like late 90s early 2000s like my absolute loves and like stuff that just kind of takes me away from the seriousness of the world is still like steps and s club seven i wasn't expecting that like no (laughs) (laughs) um but you know and then it goes to like the countryside of that same decade it's you know all the big female voices is like actually what's like fully in my heart so like martina mcbride and leanne womack and trisha yearwood yeah that's kind of those are like and dixie chicks obviously those are the first country voices that i heard when i was growing up and that way i just wanted to sound like that like I kind of I got into country music. I've I've said this before in, in interviews and stuff and on stage, but I got into country music um, because I saw Carrie Underwood on American Idol. They used to play it like a week behind the states over here on ITV two, um, and I saw her sing an Independence Day, uh, and was just like, I've never heard anything. I've never heard anything like this, but it's amazing. Um, and all I really had at the time to kind of find out more about that kind of music was YouTube in its infancy. Um, and the man in HMV Liverpool, I used to go in on a Saturday and beg to please import, <laughs> you know, Carrie Underwood's album or the next Sixty Chicks album, even though it was, you know, I definitely paid a premium for it at the time because they'd order in like two copies for the whole of the UK <laughs> um but I just thought it was the best sound in the whole world and then everything I did after I just tried to emulate that um much to the I don't know my parents neighbors must really love me because I'd just stand singing Martina McBride songs for three or four hours a night in my bedroom when I was growing <laughs> up um, at the top of my voice. Which would have presumably been a long time before Carrie was on American Idol, wouldn't it? That would have been. Yeah, so I kind of, that stuff had already come out. So Carrie Underwood was on there like, what, 2004, 2005? Yeah, that's what, yeah. So a lot lot of the, my like early discovery of country was like going back and kind of. Where did that come from? What the, going back and just finding out kind of what I'd missed out on. Yeah, so you didn't discover Martin McBride and uh, Reba McIntyre and, and these guys until, are you saying until you heard Carrie and then you were like, right, who, what, what is this sound? Yeah, it was, that was the starting point. Kind of country music had been in the family because everyone plays and, and sings. Like my nan was a mandolin player, my mum's a mandolin player. Um, and it's kind of been passed through the family. Um, so like you know, the Judds was on a lot when I was growing up and Patsy Cline was on a lot, but that was kind of, to me, when I was growing up, that was just, that was just music that kind of me family listened to. I didn't really think of it as being, oh, this is this, a different type of music because it had always been there. Um, But, you know, kind of my own like journey into country started with um, Carrie Underwood and then kind of going back and finding out, right, this is amazing, what have I been missing? And then it started like the biggest kind of research and history lesson that I've ever had. <laughs> and certainly when it's a lesser listened to sort of styles, genre of music, certainly then, 
you know, 2005 or six, I guess. Because there's so much, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, One of the things I've been doing over lockdown is uh, buying back the vinyls that my dad sold. My dad sold his like record player like oh, like 10, 15 years ago and all his vinyls. like And so all the music I remember listening to growing up, I've started buying all the vinyls back, which has been really yeah. nice because you do, it, that, there's, there's something about it. That's so nice. And that's the thing. I think music that you, that was on a lot or you listened to when you were younger just has, it just kind of hits differently. Like it's just got so much nostalgia attached to it and can just put you back in the like back in the place that you were when you first heard it or when you were listening to it loads and that's why I still listen to I mean I was you know laughing before about <laughs> I still listen to I still have steps in S Club 7 on when I'm like cleaning my kitchen or whatever but it's because I just when I was a kid I just loved it so much and it made me so happy so it gives me that same feeling um and the same with country like like you were saying kind of it was a lesser known music at the time over here so it was it felt like I was discovering something on me you know not because my friends had gone oh you should listen to this or like you know my parents had told me to listen to it I was discovering it by chance just on my own um and it was exciting and I still get that feeling even you know if I listen to Carrie Underwood's first album now it yeah puts me back in the bedroom when I was a teenager just kind of <laughs> desperately wanting to live in Nashville and um, be Carrie Underwood <laughs> I saw someone say the other day I think it was on Twitter that the best song or the best thing you've ever heard in a song should be something that you've just made you know that you've made that sound and whoa this, is, this sounds exactly how I want it to sound do you yeah. take take those influences and bring them into your sort of either writing or recording sessions or, or do you get those hits like oh that sounds you know just intrinsically sounding because of that sort of wealth of listening you've done like over the years I think so I'd hope I'd, I'd hope so um and I think it definitely does you know maybe when I was I was starting to write when I was younger you know I was kind of I was just getting into it and I was just discovering it so I was trying to emulate like actively trying to emulate it a lot I think now it's kind of it's just in me system um, and it's just like kind of ingrained in that it kind of just it comes out without me noticing and it'll be like later where I'm like oh that sounds like you know that thing that I love or whatever it kind of doesn't always happen but when it does it's and you realize after it's it's really nice yeah and well it's how you get your sound as well and presumably you've you've written with other writers that pull that out of you yeah that's what I I mean just co-writing in general um it's just amazing because like just the notion of that you can have I always like to start with a title that's my favorite way of writing um because just everything hangs off I've got the like title. I've got like 50 song titles in my notes oh yeah so, and like some of them can sit there for years. Some you just really need to write like that day. Um, but you can take that same title to like five, 10 different co-writers and it would sound, it would be a completely different 
song like even if you're saying it should say this and it should sound like this like that's still once you add that other person or those two other people in they're gonna take it to a totally different place and I just I love that like the same idea if you were to take it somewhere else just becomes a totally different song and a totally different thing yeah I like that let's um let's move on to sort of some of the recent things that have been going on with you because you, you have you had, you've done some cool stuff despite you know the, the crazy shutdown land of 2020 like yeah. over the last year but if I go back to it was just over a year ago the British Country Music Festival and mm-hmm. that was a good night how did, how did you find that I know it's a long time ago to think about it but I, lo- I loved it I still like even thinking about it now it was it was so nice I loved that it was in Blackpool um just because I spent I think I'm from Liverpool so kind of there was the annual let's go to Blackpool and see the lights every year when I was a kid and it was just so nice to be back there um that venue was incredible to play in um it was and you know I mean UK country fans are always amazing um but they were just so good that night they were so up for it and it was just brilliant and we're so lucky that we have like festivals to choose from now in this country like all year round maybe not this year but <laughs> you know in in normal times like you know we've got black deer we've got c to c we've got uh british country music festival um Buckland boots there's country music week, like there's so much stuff um going on and it's amazing which is weird for like, I, I find it like, i mean it's great but it's weird for such a like a relatively small country it, it, what five six major festivals like you know like you just named a few of them there you know you're going to bump into someone you know you're going to see people you saw maybe a few weeks ago maybe not for ages yeah that yeah. that feeling that community sort of spirit is definitely there but they've all got something different about them as well you go for certain certain things but as an artist yeah that must be that must be pretty amazing to, to be able to sort of go through and because it's touring i was i just thought about this now but like touring in the uk you it's not like it's not like america where you can you sort of oh, we'll go back there you know in, in a few months time like once you've sort of done a gig like an hour away from the night we played before when when would you go back again yet the festivals yeah. you can sort of you can sort of dot yourself about and play in between i would imagine that's what's so so nice about them like we are a small country so touring once you've kind of been to a place you've that's it for a while like you're kind of there so festivals are such a nice way of being able to go back to the visit those places more frequently um and then and you know pick up a load of new fans as well who maybe haven't heard your stuff like that's why I, my favorite bit about festivals whether it's a country festival or it's you know a mainstream festival in the uk like the challenge of your set is, you know, some people are probably going to have heard me stuff before, but the majority maybe won't have a clue who I am. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you get half an hour to kind of go, this is me and this yeah. is what I do. Um, and I love that feeling. It's like a little, yeah. As I said, it's like I'd imagine you'd had that feeling festival. pretty strong when you played with Kane Brown 
over in Germany. Yes. Which was this year, which feels like a million years ago now. That was like a month later when we were in lockdown. Um, that was like literally that. It was so good. Like I'm just having a little minute to think about <laughs> it. Um, and that was the same thing. Same with, you know, support tours as well. Like it's that thing of, you know, these people are here to see in that instance, Kane Brown, like they don't, you know, they showed up and, you know, the room was full before I went on, which, you know, people don't need to do. They're here to see the artist and they all turned up. Um, and in my second song, they were singing it back to me. And it was just like, I literally, I'm glad that wasn't record, that set wasn't recorded because my voice was just like all over the place because I was trying to stop like happy crying. Uh, no like the fact that there was like 1500 people in Berlin who had no idea who I was probably before I went on um and you know they were just like right there so up for singing along with me um and it's just that's one of my favorite moments actually of the last few years of of touring anywhere and moving on to really recently, the Stand By Me track. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that, because obviously there's a lot of lot of artists on there. How many is on there? There's over 50, isn't there? Yeah, I think about 50 or 60 artists. Um, so did you just get the call or? Yeah. Uh, a couple of, a few months ago now, actually. Um, so for anybody that doesn't know, uh, what it is um bob harris is celebrating his 50th year in broadcasting which is absolutely incredible um and he wanted to do something to raise money for all of the artists that you know basically don't have any form of income or are struggling at the minute because the live music scene is at a complete standstill um so he had this idea to kind of coincide his 50th year in broadcasting um with a charity single to raise money for help musicians uk um by getting some of his favorite artists together and um, recording a new version of his favorite song of all time uh which is stand by me by benny king which has its 60th anniversary uh on the day um the new version comes out which is the 27th of October uh and it's I'm still pinching myself that I get to be part of it um because I I did an interview actually a couple of days ago and someone was like oh you know the Bob Harris uh Stand By Me record it's it's so great that you're on it because you know it's Bob Harris he could have asked anybody and anyone's gonna say yes to that um and I was just like just brought it I was like yeah that's anyone would say yes Bob Harris I will <laughs> sing on on this record and to be included in it um is yeah is such an honor uh and under the apple tree his um his company that he's got that do live sessions and and things um who put it together have been so good to me over the last five or six years um 
and they've really championed homegrown country and Americana talent uh, and they've carried on doing it with with this single um, so it's got you know homegrown independent artists like me and Robbie Cavana, um, Els Bailey, Demi Mariner and then you know you've got Leo Sayer and Kiki D and <laughs> Peter Frampton um, and Roseanne Cash on it and it's just the list of of people that is on this record is is amazing it's pretty cool i need to hear it uh it was played on radio two i think yesterday yes it got its first play yeah uh it was so nice to hear on the because we kind of us as artists we've you know we sent our parts across remotely so we've not heard we hadn't heard the final product as well yesterday so it was really nice to kind of hear it all together it's been a it's, it's been a interesting yeah I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot i mean there will be a lot of positives that people will take out of it and and certainly from the country scene like you say bringing out new music the the rise of people talking about country i feel like is has sort of like grown over the last few months as well there's there's, there's been a lot of sort of there's been a lot of live streams you you've you've kept up with with going live on instagram and stuff haven't you with, yeah um, yeah i've been doing uh I call it a lockdown jukebox every Sunday afternoon. Um, and I think I'm on like me 30th one now. Crazy, isn't it? Um, which is, yeah, crazy. But people are still getting involved and watching every week and kind of chatting away when I'm on there and suggesting things for me to do because that's a lot, of, you know, 30 weeks of of trying to keep it <laughs> fresh um that's a lot of songs uh but people have been great you know I, t- I try and pick like a theme every week and people like suggest stuff for me to play um but it's been really not because it's live as well like it's in the moment which is the closest obviously you can watch it back later but the live thing like i get as nervous as if i was going on to stage live because it's live like and it's in the moment and people are there with you, even if, you know, everyone's in their own houses. Uh, so it's the kind of closest thing that we've got really to live gigging at the minute. Um, but it's been it's been really nice to be connected to people every week still. Social media's obviously had such a major part in staying relevant. I mean, I guess that's what any artist wants to stay relevant. And that's what you've been able to do throughout the lockdown i mean it's it has do, do you struggle as well do, i mean have you got have you got parts that like you just don't talk about on social media have you are there parts of like your journey as an artist that you find difficult to put across on social media because like unless everyone's just having a great time all the time which i can't believe you know there's, there's no obviously. i think everybody i definitely do like i think i'd like to kind of I'm not like to, I think everyone does um, kind of, you know, there's, I think maybe 10% of what you, what you see on social media is probably 10% of someone's whole self. Um, some people are really good with kind of laying it all out there and you get to see a lot more of their like genuine self kind of warts and all. Um on social media I kind of yeah it's been I think social media this year 
at points, even it gets a bad rep sometimes kind of, and it can be very kind of toxic, I think, to kind of, if you buy into it too much and, you know, it's everyone's highlights reel, it's kind of, you know, and constant scrolling isn't any good for anyone, I don't think. Um, but I think it's had a flip side this year where, you know, like we were just saying, it's kept people connected, um, which has been one really positive thing. Um, and I think a lot of people, I've definitely kind of um, found it a bit easier to talk about the not as good moments on social media this year. And I think it's, I try and keep it, I try and fo force myself to kind of keep my social media as balanced as possible. So not kind of making, you know, the only time I post is when there's a really amazing thing happening, which obviously it's very easy to post the really good stuff, but I try and remind myself to balance it out with something else because I think, you know, the accounts that the people that I follow, when they show their more vulnerable, not as perfect moments, that encourages me to mm. kind of be like, oh, yeah, this is all, you know, social media is great, but it's kind of not real as well. Um, so I, I can't, yeah, I've kind of been like this year, I kind of have gone on a journey with what I think about social media. I think it can be, it's really good when it's used positively. Um, and, you know, there's, there's, definitely there's accounts that I started following this year uh that kind of focus on like body positivity and stuff and and I mean it's taken you know a good few months of seeing that kind of content about bo body positivity you know kind of seeing it every day uh to kind of be reminded about it but it kind of is starting to work and it's kind of it's got into me thinking of like being a bit more body body positive which I think a lot of people definitely I struggle with a lot of the time and you kind of don't realize uh because it's so ingrained in you um so when it's done positively I think it can be really good um and you know I think we can all be afforded like our really good highlighted kind of selfies <laughs> as well <laughs> Um, but I kind of, yeah, I, I try to remind myself to keep it as balanced as possible and not on my side of things, not make everything look amazing a hundred percent of the time. And remember that when other people, when I'm seeing, you know, amazing things a hundred percent of the time of someone else, that's probably not all that's going on, but it's really hard and presumably there's a slight sort of a split with feeling maybe a, a responsibility to do that as an artist because people mm -hmm. you know will, will will look at you on social media like you look at your peers and things and and you want to give that as a, as an artist but also as a person as well because your your friends follow you and your friends see you and you know we we can't phone all our friends every day and we can't talk to everybody all the time obviously we all got close friends that we can open up to and things but 
yeah, it it has been interesting seeing what people, you know, without 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 suddenly going, oh, oh, look at me, or like, oh, I'm, I'm, I need everyone to like write me messages and things. It, you do need to keep it a bit real. You do need to. You, you're right when you say balanced. It has yeah. to be. It has to be balanced because because really all we have while people can't go out and watch music, which is just as much as as coming together and having drinks with your mates and and ha- having a good time as, as much as watching the music and and soaking up, you know, the the moment of of seeing live music and watching your favorite artists and stuff. It's as much as that, and that's what we we're using social media for. Whether it's live streams, whether it's stories, whatever it might be, and yeah, I guess as an artist, you feel some sort of responsibility for the people that follow you as an artist and for what friends see. It's really yeah. interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's been great to talk. It's been really great to talk. I'm, I'm glad we managed really to sort has. this out. Yes, me too. Thank you very much for asking me to be part of it. Yeah, no worries. What's what's coming up? So your acoustic tracks. Yes. Um, the ones to watch out for right now. Yeah, so they uh, there's another one out in November, um, but Old Ghost has just come out uh, by the time this podcast goes out. Uh, yeah, so that's out at the minute, Old Ghosts. Um, there'll be another one coming out in November. Uh, the Stand By Me, Bob Harris, Stand By Me single is out at the end of the month. Go get it, uh, October go support 27th. it. Yes, um, and the live streams are still happening. Uh come rain or shine uh so uh on facebook i am laura oaks official and on everything else i'm laura oaks music there you go there you go well okay great thanks so much for talking and uh, it's just been good to catch up with you it's been really good thank you (laughs) thanks for listening to this episode of no cause but the truth in association with the british country music festival we would love it if you subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode and extra love if you'd give us a lovely five-star rating you can even review the podcast and leave a comment with who you'd like to see on you can find me on social media at matt spracklin see you next time